Hey, Ben, how's it going? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. And yourself? Good, thank you. How's your week been? That's good. What have you been up to? Ah, just the usual, really. I've got nothing extra to share. Been yeah. working on a video as of late. I uh, shot, uh, yeah, just a piece for some company. It's not even worth sharing. Um, so I've been nice. doing a bit of an edit on that. I saw a couple of um, little promos that you put together for your Atmos room. Yes. Yeah, I've been producing some ads because I thought, why not get myself out there? So I did a series of ads to promote doing music mixes, uh, film mixing. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, it's like score mixing, you know, up mixing for uh, composers. Uh, I've pushed some of them and others mm-hmm. not. So like I'm waiting for the right time because I've already got quite a bit going on. But I think with the Dolby Atmos space, I need to, you know, get some mixes out there. And so I thought it was time to do some ads. Nice. And I'm actually putting some money into it as well. So yeah. oh, Excellent. I'm keen to hear if if pushing it with uh, a little bit of money makes an impact. Yeah, well, I, I started with um, promoting practice productions, which is something I've had for a while, but again, never pushed ads for it. I kind of talk about it in some of my videos, but they're just basically the files that I get from filmmakers. And mm-hmm. so if you, you know, if you're a budding dialogue editor, sound effects guy, you can, or girl, you can actually download the projects and work on them and have something in a show reel. So this mm. sounds like an ad, but I thought it's something I haven't actually pushed. <laughs> So, you know, I decided to create a bunch of ads while I was at it because yep. these things take time. So I thought I'll shoot the studio, film me doing a lot of pieces of camera and, um, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Awesome. Now, mm. i just say my dog is uh, being very vocal this evening. So if you hear some dog-like sounds, she's laying down here and um, making some little croaky sounds. But um, It's all good, mate. I've got a right. dog she wants here my as attention. well. So, well, tell her that. We're doing a podcast, so she'll have to yeah, wait. We're doing a podcast. You're gonna have to wait, girl. We'll be back. We'll be back soon. Um, <laughs> but I, hey, I thought it'd be really interesting to chat through um, your journey and my journey, discovering sound and realizing we really enjoy making sounds, working with sounds, listening to sounds. Because I don't think I've ever actually asked you when did that all start for you, and how old were you, and what was the point that you realized. Um. I'm going to spend an enormous amount of time tinkering time. and listening yeah, all yeah. your time yeah. uh, playing with sound. So give me a bit of a backstory. I, like, I love what, this idea for a podcast because, uh, like, we've worked together for well, it's probably a, a decade now, right? Like yeah, it's been a I'd long so. time we've been working together uh, and we hang out a bit and obviously the whole point of this podcast was to get to know each other even more and spend some time together. So I'm totally into this idea yeah. of deep diving into our history and it could be interesting for anyone who wants to be in sound or a composer to kind of hear our stories uh, everyone's story to success or lack of success is very <laughs> different um so you know it's definitely a good idea so well let's go right back so i think let's talk very early days so yeah. um uh, i don't well you should know this uh, but i was a drummer so I actually moved back from Adelaide. So I lived in Adelaide for a year uh, and had to move back as dad's work and stuff. We moved back to Melbourne. But while I was in Adelaide, got obsessed with drums. And uh, it's funny because even the guy who ended up teaching me for only a, a couple of months when I was, I think it was year six, 
before I moved back to Melbourne, uh, there's a story where my dad said to this guy who was a great drummer, he's like, can you teach my son? Uh, I think he's obsessed with drums. And, you know, back then, anytime there was a drum kit around, I'd just go on it and just play a beat because I'd seen other people do it. And so mm-hmm. I'm playing simple beats. And he showed this drummer a picture that I drew. It's a bird's eye view of my dream drum kit. So I had this obsession with drawing drum kits from bird's eye view of how I'd perfectly set up my own drum kit. Mm. And this teacher pulls out a folder and shows my dad and goes, do you mean like this? And he had the exact same set of drawings where he'd been drawing, wow. you know, what he's, his kits, you know. And so my dad was like, perfect. He's, you know, my son has that kind of obsession that, you know, a drummer should have. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I had some lessons and this guy was like tall, six something, and I was in, you know, six foot something and I was in year six. So every time I get there, you have to lower everything down like a good, you know, <laughs> 20 centimetres for me to be able to play it. But, um, yeah, so I was obsessed with drums and, you know, through high school I would have been in like six different bands, different types of groups uh, and just got obsessed with drums and that then moved into recording. So I had a bunch of mates uh, my age or close to uh, some that I lived near and we, we used to just start recording. So I had a, back in the day, had a really crappy PC, family PC that I basically made my own. Uh, and I used to use Cool Edit Pro. Do you remember Cool Edit Pro? Mm. So that was what turned into Adobe. That, yeah. Adobe, Adobe Audition, Adobe, wasn't it? Adobe Audition. So yeah. this is, then I shouldn't admit this, but this is like, you know, I had a hacked version of Cool Edit Pro didn't and we all have cracked software? Yeah, we did. In the early days. And we all make up for it by paying for everything now. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I used to record with mates, so we'd just write songs and record them. Uh, sometimes I'd just be using program drums, sometimes we record them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just loved recording, and it, it was all music back then for me. So um, I once I got to sort of... Well, late high school, as I said, I was playing in heaps of bands and at the time just recording heaps of stuff with with mates. And it wasn't till I got closer to university I was writing. Um, I, I applied for a a it was a course at RMIT for basically music producers. So if you wrote dance tunes and it was like taught your production how to use soft synths and uh, hard synths and all that sort of stuff. And I applied for this this course um, in year 12 or as I was leaving year 12. And so instead of studying English and doing all the things that I should have done, I was making folio like, cause back then with all the courses I wanted to get into, one was an audio visual technology course. Cause I was at the time I was filming stuff as well. I picked up a camera as well. So I was doing everything, audio, video, filming everything, taking photos. I was just obsessed with sort of anything creative in that sense. Uh, and so I went for this course and funnily enough, uh, so I, I wrote some tracks. I think some of them were dance tracks. I'd record some other stuff, sent it in and actually got an interview. So I'm, I went for an interview at RMIT and I was the only kid that was straight out of school. Everyone else there was like 25. They were DJs or they'd done other courses or all this sort of stuff. And I'm like literally the, this young kid going in to try and get in this course. And unfortunately I didn't get in. They said, look, you were so close. And they were like, you know, it's amazing that someone with no other experience, just based off your folio alone, we were keen to have you in this course. But 
that I just missed out because there wasn't enough spots, but they're like, try again next year or whatever. Yeah. Um, but in the end, I just went and did an audiovisual technology course, which was probably in that ended up being a great thing because that course gave me everything. There was sound recording, video production. It kind of taught you all aspects of sort of film and sound. So I was making short films and that where I did all the scoring and sound design. So at that age, like, you know, I was, what, 18, 19. And in that space I was creating stuff and, you know, I was doing uh, – CGI for my films. I remember I, I did a mm. film, which I should show you one day. It was called small change. And it was just, it's <laughs> not good, but we had this, like, I can't, I think I came up with the idea, but the whole thing was going to be an action film, right? Mm. I don't know if I'm going into too much detail, but it was an action film where there was a guy, uh, you know, the boss talking to an agent across the table. And he was saying these like lines of dialogue that were just so, you know, just nothing bit obscure. And, it all turns out, so this guy, it's got cutscenes. So the boss is talking to him saying, you know, you need to do this and that. And then it cuts to a scene of him running through the city and you're like, oh, what's happening? You know, and so it's all vague. And at the end you realise he uh, his ticket machine was going to be expired. So the whole scene of him running was just to go pay his ticket machine for his parking. Mm. And, you know, at the, the what happens is at the end he flicks a coin and he's flicking a coin as he's listening to the boss and he flicks the coin and he catches it and realizes, oh crap, I haven't paid my meter. And so I did this like 3D coin flipping in the air. You got a bird's eye view and the coin flips in slow-mo. And so it's just stuff I was dabbling with and whatever, but mm-hmm. I full scored that film, did all the sound design How did for you it know how stuff. to do that? Was it the course that, did they teach you how nah, to nah, score? Nah. Or was it just because nah. you were a musician and you thought, I could just put some music against this. Or did you? Yeah. yeah but how did you even nah. know where to start? Well, because, again, I was, like, producing dance tracks. I was recording rock music with mates. But I loved film scores from a young age as well. So I just got some libraries. I don't even know where I got them from, if I paid for them. I think at that time I was using Reason. So mm-hmm. do you remember Reason? Yeah, the, I used Reason So Reason well. had – the thing that I loved about Reason is – it had a lot of stuff already in it. So it had mm-hmm. drum machines and stuff. So it would have had some sort of basic library of strings and stuff. So I, I kind of did this, which I still love to create, this kind of amalgamation of rock, heavy rock, orchestral, whatever. But back then that course gave us the essentials of how to film a TV show, how to do like news. It was literally... Um, teaching you how to be like an AV technician for mm-hmm. a university. So they'd teach you how to set up projectors, set up a PA, basic recording. But what I was doing was way like high levels of what they were teaching us. It was very much sure. the bare bones. Um, but, yeah, as I said, like back then I just was so obsessed with film scores and and even then because I had every aspect of editing the film, mm-hmm. I was in, in a team but – I got to then score it and edit it a certain way that the score would fit with the film. And um, so I guess from probably more like that was uni and stuff, that's where I got obsessed. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, and I loved all aspects there, including now. So I still take photos. I still film. I still do some scoring, mm. Um particularly later in my career, I did a lot of that stuff as well as audio post-production. I just loved every aspect of it. And that's why I think I'm jack of all trades is 
I don't like just being good at one thing and I get obsessed with stuff, even like the computer graphics. Like even since then I've done different projects where I've created my own animation stuff, whether it's background Mm -hmm. visuals for live concerts or, you know, computer graphics for a film or whatever. I just have always loved dabbling in every aspect and I kind of, I like knowing at a high level each different aspect, even if I'm not, you know, in that one thing, I want to understand it enough that if I talk to someone else about it, I have some base knowledge of it as well. So yeah. Mm. yeah. Was that too deep or? No, no, no. I want to go deeper. So before we get to like current projects and stuff that you've been doing lately, jump back to when you were sort of coming out of high school, even in high school, did you, were you friends with filmmakers? Were you in a posse or like, it sounds like you were doing a lot of hats, like you were filming, you were writing music, you were editing it. Was it you and a bunch of mates who were all into it or were you like the lone wolf that wanted to create stuff? I think I was mostly lone wolf. When it comes to music and saving recording and stuff, I had some friends that were musicians, maybe not so much. I I did a lot of the recording side of things, but I at least had muso mates that we'd create tracks that, or write tracks together and and record. When it comes to film, like I, I did a uh, film course in year eleven and twelve, I think it was. We were using like those Macs. Remember they had there was a monitor. It's like what the iMac back in the day when it was a CRT screen and it had the bright color on the back. Mm. Do you remember what that color one? was your one? Uh, it was a school's computer. I think they went with oh, white yeah. or whatever. They probably didn't get bright colors, but we were using DV tape back then. So we'd be recording yep. on the little DV tapes and you have to ingest it in or record it into the computer. Yeah. Um, so I did some basic sort of film stuff like that at school, but, you know, I, I think my dad, he, my dad loved photography. He was the kind of annoying dad that when you went on a holiday, he'd be like, you know, all right, let's take a family photo. And he'd, do like 20 photos because either, you know, he's had a manual camera like they did back then and mm. keep adjusting it and we'd be like, hurry up, Dad, you know, and then I'd pick up his camera and got obsessed with that and then, you know, we had a family video camera that, you know, I used to fam- just film videos with the family and like most kids you start, you see Star Wars again and you're like, oh, maybe I'll make a video of me with a lightsaber or I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I just was always dabbling in those things mm. Um on my own, but with most things in my career, I'm pretty self-taught. Uh, at least, you know, these days with YouTube, I consume a lot of knowledge from other people, but, uh, formal training, like even when people say, you know, where'd you go to uni or what did you study? I'm like, I studied audio visual technology, but it was kind of irrelevant to all the things that I do and can do. Mm. Uh, it gave me some like, I make a joke that the one thing I took from university was a lefty loosey righty tidy. That was the only thing that I remember <laughs> taking from university. But it's probably not fair. As in, it definitely. Um, you probably learned a lot more than you could just put your finger on it now. Yeah, you know? for sure. There was pro- like probably essential basics in you know when it comes to sound recording or mm. um, you know even the multicam productions and stuff. I definitely learned how to be in a team, how to direct a team. There was 100% things that I learned. But even like one of the courses in that was web development. And it was interesting because they literally gave you kind of all the bits and pieces. So I was like, here, you could, if you start your own AV business, you can learn to build your own website to sell your business. And everyone else is doing the most basic HTML website. And I was doing a flash animated 
website that did all this stuff. Cause I, I like, again, I was obsessed with learning stuff. So I went and just, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how, I think I was doing some using flash to make animations and I was like, Oh, I know how to work this into a website or just back then YouTube must've been something or I was learning it from somewhere, but Googling again, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Googling things. And I, you know, again, was, I'm not saying all the time I was above everyone else, but like, even when it comes to the recording one, there's some people there that didn't know the absolute basics of like gain stage and EQ where I'd been recording in my home, you know, in my, I'm a PC for years at that point. So, so talk me through your home setup. So like, um, so, you know, obviously when you first start, you don't have that much, you know, you know, you might have a, a mic or two, you might have a small interface, but give me like the first, you know, what you started with and I, like the first few little upgrades. Like tell me, take me on that little I don't journey even of equipment. I, yeah, I think back then I was probably even using the, what's the PC sound cards that are great for gaming and stuff. I swear I was using sure. just the internal sound card on the computer uh, and plugging things like, you remember those, um, those pods, the, who made those guitar pods? They were in the line shape six. of a guitar line six. So we were using like the line six and I was probably just going straight into the line in, uh, just using headphones. I, I don't even remember. Like I, it would have mm. been bare bones, like, um, just probably even the PC speakers. Like it was real rough. Um, th- and that was, you know, early on, I, I could not tell you what my first interface was. I remember back in the day with like a band that later on I did a bunch of stuff with, we had the KRKs, the original yellow mm. coned KRKs and they were I awful. had a set of those as well. They were disgusting. Like <laughs> I think these days the KRKs are a bit better, like as in the, the usable, like I've got some mates who have some of the second generation, the really small ones, and they sound massive for their size, but these were awful. No low mm. end, real mid rangey, but not nice. The, oh, I, I had to mix um, in spite of them. I knew that they, was, they were awful. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, honestly, I couldn't tell you. Like even back then when it comes to mics and stuff, I, I remember buying some, you know, like modded stuff because, you know, budget was always an issue back in the day, but I've, I've never really been huge on buying gear. Like I've just never, yeah. I had a good drum kit. Um, and I was more into the software side of things. I used reason for years writing stuff. Like I did a dance album probably while I was at uni, I did a dance album that I had it on iTunes and stuff for years and then took it down cause it was costing me money. Um, but I did a dance album cause I was, um, I was going to see DJs. This is, I was, we can get to the band thing I was in later, but I had some mates who were into DJs and stuff and I'd go clubbing with them and see international DJs. And I was like, I could do this. So I just over a summer, for some reason, I think I was flying a lot for work mm-hmm. and I just decided to do a dance album. So I was sitting in airports with reason on a laptop writing dance tunes. And I remember a mate who he was also dabbling. He's like, he listened to my album. He's like, this sounds great. And he's like, what'd you make it? And I said, reason. He goes, reason. And he thought was, <laughs> I could, the fact that I pulled some half decent sounds out of that, he thought was good. But I just, I, the thing for me with reason originally, as I said, had soft synth and stuff, but eventually they added recording functionality into it. So 
you, you know, it became my door of choice for a long time there. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just never spent money on gear. I literally, it was just pull whatever I could together to make it work. And I'm sure everything sounded awful back then, you know, like the mixes wouldn't translate well and pro- everything probably had noise in it because I was just using the internal sound card and stuff, but I had fun and I'll learn a lot. That's the thing. Yeah. You learn you learn a lot from not just having great gear, you know, you learn to make things sound great because you have to, you know, <laughs> rather than yeah. just having great gear from the get-go and just things are easier. So mm-hmm. um, I think a, a big part of it for me is having I've got a very much a um, problem-solving mindset. Like even if you came to me and said something's wrong with whatever, a toaster, computer, I don't know, home theatre, whatever, your alarm system. Mm. You've just given away your routine. You just make toast and work on a computer. Yeah, that's it. Is your your daily routine there? That's it. That's it. But if, (laughs) if you came to me with a problem and said this thing doesn't work, even if I've never looked at that thing before, I'll find a way. I have this like we're here, we want to be here, and I work my way there, you know, whether the troubleshooting problems. And I think a lot of that probably came from just, well, how can I record on this crappy PC, you know, and you find the right software or you get the right piece of kit, you know, even as I said, we're using Line 6 guitars and, oh, how do we like reroute through that to make other things sound good or whatever it is. You just, I've got a problem-solving mind mind like that, Um even to this day. So, mm. yeah. Very interesting. I love hearing about how people discover sound and stuff. What What do you think in the early days, even like the earliest, think the earliest when you even realized that you liked sound? When What age do you think that you discovered that? Whether it was like realizing that you were actually listening to music and you enjoying music or more so than just I like this song but like, wow, those guitars sound really cool or wow, I really like the snare. How old were you when you really thought about sound? That is an interesting question. Uh, It would have to be through those years of being a drummer. Like I, so I grew up in the church um, and so I was around music a lot. Unfortunately, my dad was a minister for the Salvation Army and uh, they love brass bands and Mm -hmm. I don't particularly love brass bands, but maybe there's something about a big group of players together that made me love an orchestra and kind of, love that vibe but um yeah it's it's a tough question because i i definitely think i've got better ears or i hear better than a lot of other people um i don't yeah i don't know if that was from just like even you know i'm as a i would say i was a muso i don't really say i'm a muso anymore but you know i started as a drummer but i've my family's very musical as in uh, we're, if you hear us all sing happy birthday or something as a family, there'll be 10 harmonies going on and people singing up and down the octave. Like it sounds like a choir. So I've grown from a musical family and, you know, I've learnt piano early on, but even now, like a lot of the orchestral arrangements, I couldn't tell you what the chords are. You know, you've worked with me recently and I mm-hmm. don't know, I know the notes on a keyboard and I could probably work out certain chords but at the end of the day I do everything by ear I know when something sounds like poo the way you want and it. so and, and I know there's a lot of producers and and other writers out there that are the same where it's just all based off their ear but uh I, I think 
having that passion, it must have been in my high school days, having that passion of recording myself made me listen to other stuff more intently. Like as a as a kid growing up, I didn't get a, a um, my musical knowledge was from my older brother because my dad, I don't know if it's something when he became a minister, just didn't really listen to as much music anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was one of those like music's the devil kind of vibes, but he... It's interesting The when I turned 30, I bought a record player because I've all, particularly in my 20s, I was uh, like I want everything pristinely recorded. If it's something's like old school, I didn't like listening to it. I needed it like, you know, overly produced, clean yeah. recordings. And when I cracked 30, I was like, I need to just expand my horizon. So I bought a record player, bought some vinyl, and then, you know, my vinyl collection grew very quickly and I loved then going back to just like even mono recordings of jazz and other stuff and just listening to stuff in, you know, mm. raw. And and I started appreciating music more. But it's interesting, my dad came over for dinner one night after we'd built the collection. I said, oh, why don't you pick something to put on while we have dinner? And he was flicking through and he's like, you know, going through all these old records, old vinyl and like just classics. And he's like, oh, I, I used to have this one. I used to have this one. Oh, I haven't listened to this in so long. And I was like, where was my education? Like I, like to me, my education from my dad was Tina Arena and John Farnham. Mm, Nothing against. Sorry about that. No, no. I think, I still think they're <laughs> a, um, amazing artists. Like John Farnham, classic, right? Um, yeah, sure. But that's all he really gave me. My older brother, obviously then as he became a teenager, I heard better stuff from Mm -hmm. him, but I was so kind of cut that like, you know, (laughs) my wife had a good education because her dad played her all the classics all through their, you know, growing up where I legitimately mostly just got John Farnham and Tina Arena and, um, yeah, so I didn't get a great education when it came to music, but I was exposed to a lot of different stuff being a part of church and kind of a musical church. So, you know, I did a lot of different groups. As I said, I was in like probably six groups as a kid growing up in high school. So I was playing in jazz quartets, in big bands, in stage bands, in rock bands. As you know, the drummer. I was doing, yeah, as a drummer and doing all those things and then just loved writing stuff. So even when I said, you know, I was composing that score for this short film we did in uni, at that point I was clearly dabbling in all areas of composing mm. just because I loved it all, you know. So um, it hasn't really answered your question that I don't know at what point. Yeah. I, it clearly just evolved as I became someone who loved recording and playing at the same time. It's interesting, you know, because I mix some stuff as well, live mixing as well as in the studio. And I think I've just always had a good ear for really like listening to things in detail. Um, I used to get so annoyed when I was mixing a PA and people would tell me, oh, you know, turn the fallback up and I'd go up there and listen. They're like, you know, turn whatever instrument up in the fallback. And I'm like, how are you not hearing that? It's literally blowing out the whole room, that one instrument. I'm hearing way too much of it. Why don't you, like for me, I'd say focus your hearing. It's all a matter of like concentrating on that sound rather than just mm. having it blasting your head that you don't have to concentrate on it, you know, like it's just focus your hearing. Um and I've just always had that, I think I, um, yeah, just always had that focus when it comes to sound, even to the point where like there's bands that I love. So Carnival, uh, who's from Perth, they're a prog rock band. And I don't even particularly love 
lots of prog rock, but Carnival have always mm-hmm. been one of my favorite bands. Um, I could sing you every bit of sound from their album, like every instrument, note, percussive thing. I could hum it or sing it with the songs, but I probably still don't know 100% of the lyrics, even though I've listened to their albums a bazillion times because I don't, to me, um, the vocals is just another instrument. And I, you know, when vocals are great, sometimes I get into it, but it's just another instrument to me. So I don't focus on the lyrics I've never been, I, I kind of have a saying that I don't do words because anything I've ever done music-wise, when it's whether it's recording or producing, I always just do the music. I never can, I never contribute to, maybe I would the melody a bit, but just not lyrically because I just don't care. To me, it's just a little bit of sprinkling on the song as on a the, whole. On, you on, know? The, on the music, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, I don't know. Is that enough of me? Do we need <laughs> That, no, that's like. really, really interesting. I, I find it fascinating, the people's musical journeys and sound journeys. I mean, that probably takes us from like the early days of you to sort of like, you know, your early 20s probably. Yeah. Um, well, I which think, is do we probably save a good that part for later? One. I reckon that's a pretty yeah. good part one and maybe we'll come back and and maybe you can talk us through what happened in your 20s to to set you up for yeah, your 30s, the 20s which is, a big, it's 20s a, big change, is a big decade. Right? Yeah, I feel it's, a lot happened in the 20s. I mean, I think that happens yeah. for everyone. Twenties is yeah. is where you learn who you are and what you want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll come back. I'd love to hear that journey of you being a drummer and loving audio to becoming a post production wizard and having a studio and all that sort of stuff. Which is yeah. We can well, we can spend another half an hour talking about that easily. I'm sure. So from here, I think uh, you know we'll, we'll come back and talk about the next decade of your journey. Sounds good. And we're obviously going to then have to cover yours as well. So That'd be this fun. is going to be a great, uh, I'd say a six-parter because we'll do my, uh, my th- well, three decades because we don't really count up to 10 or whatever. But, yeah, yeah, we'll do three decades from me and then three decades from you as well. Yeah, I think that'd be uh, fun. Yeah. Well, look, this is all about us getting to know each other and for others to get to know us as well. But, uh, yeah, it's been good. Sorry, yeah. I talked your face Thanks off. Thanks for sharing. I guess, no, that, guess that was the point. <laughs> that was the <laughs> so, point, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I learned a lot and, um, yeah, I'm really excited to hear the next segment. Yeah, sweet, mate. Awesome, man. All right, well, have a good week. You too. Catch you soon.